Hello. Give me just a moment. Grand rising, everyone. I like coming to live. Spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here. Yummo. Good. All right, let's get started. Yesterday, um, pretty good. We're on page 75. Not too shabby. Of course, this book goes into like 400 and some pages. <laughs> we will get through it. Um, but the cool thing is, uh, it's father is the son. So we, um, we're talking about how to use fire energy, what that means and how, um, the fire, um, is the first, well, they called it the first matter, but how do we use these different, um, the process of correspondence, how do we use these different processes or these different energies to transmute the energy for, to create or co-create with the divine? and create whole universes, whole worlds, whole our goals, anything that we would like to create, we utilize this particular process, okay? Allowing ourselves to move through it, okay? So here we go, and I'm gonna go into fire because fire, again, is a very, very, very hard energy to work with, not an easy one um, to, to manage. And um, I'd say partially because people with a lot of fire energy, if they don't know how to manage it or balance out the energies can end up in war uh, and battles, right? And frustration and anger and all those things can just surface and you burn away the emotion. So fire just burns away the, the water, right? The emotion, which water is what we call the emotion in the alchemic process. So the emotion gets burned away and now you're just dealing with a hot head, angry person and frustrated. Um, so we have to learn how to utilize it. Why? Because it also is our divine will. It's the will. So our will to do things, our will to live, our, our, our desire to move forward, to have inspiration, to be able to, to have motivation to do stuff. It's divine will that gives us purpose. So it, it goes on and on. So fire energy, powerful stuff. Um, okay, so we said the first father. What do you mean when you say the father is the one thing is the son? So we talked about this yesterday, the hierarchical archetypal of our own galactic son, a deep ingrained pattern. We read that yesterday. The archetype of the sun embodies the fire element, which carries with it many associations with powers of the above. Fire is always seen as an active force, characteristic of the masculine spirit, as opposed to the water element. Um, which corresponds to the feminine soul. So blazing fire is God's will. The archetypal union of willpower and energy. For that reason, fire is said to have originated in heaven and came to earth as lightning. Um, or in many myths was stolen from the heaven by man. In other legend, fire originates from the sexual acts of the gods and is often associated with the uncontrollable passion like love and hate. Hellfire represents the agony of creation, the presence of divine fire trapped in matter. Thus, fire is a dangerous and contradictory force that on all levels can destroy or renew, char or purify. There we go. Now, when we are looking, oh, and look at night fire. Course, night fire would show up. Your fire's in your name. Didn't even see that till right now. Love it. I love when this happens. That's how you know alchemy's working, right? 
talk about fire, fire energy shows up. <laughs> you have people with fires, like how do we learn how to utilize the fire within? You also can chime in whenever you'd like if you want to add something to the text chat about, you know, why night fire? What does that mean for you? But the fire itself originates from the sexual acts of the gods. Hellfire represents agony. But I love what this is. The presence of divine uh, or thus fire is dangerous and contradictory, right? Force that on all levels can destroy or renew. And we see this, um, and I've talked about a story where I was a child and we'd always go camping and went up to the mountains. And I was really sad because there was forest fires. Now we know how destructive those can be. So where we live, where I live, there's forest fires. Fires are, you know, that's the natural disasters that plague us here. And the fire burned down everything, but there's renewal in the fire. So you think about the phoenix, right? Rising from the ashes. It symbolizes death and rebirth. So fire itself um, is contradictory because it can destroy, but it also can renew. But it chars things, but it also purifies things. So when you're working with, and this is what chemists do, right? They want the purest form of any chemical that they're using, they use fire, they put fire to it. So notice they put their beakers or whatever they're called over a fire. So they, 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 they mix things together, but it also purifies the elements, right? Because it turns it into liquid and it, it releases the chemical bonds so that it can then release the energy. The, um, the alchemists thought of fire in much the same way that they look at the energy. And uh, they would certainly agree with modern physicists to tell us that everything around us is really frozen energy, which can neither be created nor destroyed, only transformed. This is where the greatest transformation comes in is through fire energy. We transform things through fire. We need fire in order to shift it from one thing to another. Hey, Larock. Hey, Cecilia. Hey, Christina. I need to learn how to control the elements heading into the first finals uh, temperature over 102. Yes. And understanding how to work the elements within you is what's important. Um, but fire being one of the most powerful energies that we have. So most people are like, ooh, I want to be fire energy. Just kind of like we have the lion, right? So Leo, we have the fire is connected into astrology, right? So we can look at the Leos, Aries, right? We say all of these different, um, I used to be, oh yeah, Pyro, see? People love fire. I know I did when I was a kid too. Mm. Me and my cousin almost started a fire because we were too happy with lighters and whatever. Wait, you're a Leo? Oh no, I'm not a Leo. I'm just saying that astrology is connected to the elements. So Leo is fire energy. Now, Leo, people are always like, I want to be like a lion, courageous and bold. But there's also the other part of it, right? The fire where pride comes in. So um, with Aries, right? Leos are nuts. I was born with, I was raised with Leos. Um, I was in a lion's den when I, growing up. Um, and I guess I could have been the prey. Um <laughs> Y'all are welcome to say what you are if you want to. But we have, um, let's see, what is the other fire energy? We have Leo, we have Aries. Now, look at Aries. We think about the fire energy in Aries, and Aries is about war, you see. Leo's is about pride. 
So in fire energy, we find sort of these archetypal patterns and we can play with them. We can, hey, Kumar, good morning. How are you? We can look into them. Um, uh, I am a Gemini. Oh, a double dumb. No, you're not dumb. Geminis are, uh, you know, Geminis are interesting. I have a two Geminis in my life. So my niece, <laughs> and my, ne my niece and my nephew and their brother and sister. So they have two, definitely do have two personalities, but there's more to than just your, 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 uh, there's a rising and all that stuff. People forget about that. So you're not just one thing, but I've dealt with all these energies and we do. And so fire, what is the last fire energy? Why can't I think about it? Not Scorpio. That's water. Um, Aries, Leo, come on, you guys help me out here. Scorpio. And I, too, was a pyro Scorpio. Awesome. Uh, Scorpio's water. Okay, well, we're missing um, uh, two idiots. There's a movie called Three Idiots. <laughs> it's an Hindi movie. It's an Indian movie. Um, why am I missing the, the fire? There's another fire, and I can't think of what it is. We have Leo. We have Aries. Let's see. There's Gemini. No, not Aquarius. Uh, Okay, anyway, I can't think of the third one. I don't know why. So there you go. It's probably my age. I'm getting old. No, just kidding. But when we start to look at it, we get an idea of how Sagittarius. Okay, that's probably why, because I don't really know that I've dived into Sagittarius. Not really understanding the fire energy within those um, horoscopes, okay? And so, no, cancers believe water. So, um, So there you have it. So those three have an idea about what fire energy is and how we can utilize the fire energy um, and what they lead to. Now, again, there's always a shadow side to an element and there's always a light side to it. And so we learn how to work with both and how to transmute them into something powerful. We can turn pride into divine will. Okay, so we can turn war into courage. So, so we see that there's this opposite sort of thing happening um, with the fire energy, okay? So let's see, we were, the alchemists thought of fire in much the same way that we look at energy, and they would certainly agree with the modern physicists that it's frozen fire was summed up, the creative power of fire uh, was summed up by the early Greek alchemist, um, and everything becomes fire, and from fire, everything is born. Um, so this is where we get into, again, the, uh, the rise of the Phoenix and the Phoenix has been such an, uh, an amazing symbol that has been showing up in my life lately. I don't know if you guys are noticing the Phoenix now it's everywhere. Um, we see the Phoenix in movies and I was talking about this yesterday, right? The Phoenix being the symbol of fire where everything dies and reborn, dies and reborn, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. So um, so a death and rebirth, um, I'm Aaron, my ex is Leo, Aaron, fire is dangerous, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just, uh, let's just burn everything up, right, the alchemical procedure or laboratory, laboratory operations corresponding to fire in, is calcination, the first process, um, in transformation, calcination is the reduction of the substance to ashes and is required as an intense flame to succeed. Alchemists, uh, were known as philosophers of the fire because they believed that they could transform any substance if they had 
a fire that was hot enough. And they built elaborate furnaces hoping to duplicate the temperature of the sun. They spent many lonely hours sitting next to the furnaces, vigorously fanning huge bellows over the flames, which is why they earned the uh, device nicknamed the puffers of puffers. So we see that fire is important. Now, there's other stories about how that was the damnation of man and stuff, right? Like we got fire and and that when we we had fire, then we started to change in consciousness. Our consciousness started to, once we learned how to use fire, that which is the first element um, and one of the most important elements of transformation. So when we started to understand how to utilize fire, again, we shifted into something different because fire is telling. It gives us an idea. Now, here's the deal. They were using fire externally. What I'm saying is we need to look at it internally. How are we working with it within our bodies, within our our um, emotions, right? Are we allowing the fire to burn out the emotion? Again, if emotions are water, so here's the deal. Someone who's very emotional, okay, cries a lot that the water's coming out. Someone who's more fire and burns up all their emotion has no tears to cry. Well, why? Well, because they're burning out their, their water. So really what we're trying to do is balance out the elements that are within us. And what's interesting is a friend of mine um, sent me this depiction yesterday because uh, apparently this is what is important to be talking about at this moment in time. How do we use the elements within ourselves in order to work with the sacred, the divine, to co-create, to create a new earth, a new way of being, a new existence, to work on our goals. You know, this is the secret. And and people will say, oh, the secret is just sit there and think. No, if you're just sitting there and thinking about it and then trying to apply it, you're missing water. You're only using your mind, which is air, and then you're only using your fire energy, right? And what did, what did somebody say about air and fire? It's a mess. It's a disaster. So we have to learn how to have all of the elements. One of the biggest elements that they've taken out of all sectors of life is emotion. They've taken out the emotions that help us to sort of ignite and maneuver through the fire energy. Oh, just take out the negative emotions, the ones that don't feel good. Just pretend they don't exist. We're going to, everybody's going to be happy and positive. And this was kind of what they told us to do. Don't cry. Don't be a wussy, man up, right? Very, very masculine. And that masculine energy is tied to the fire energy. That's the patriarch. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. We need patriarchy, but we also need matriarchy. Now, matriarchy being more sensitive and emotional. We need both in order to co-create, but we've totally dismissed a part of it. And that's why our societies are set up the way they are. So much fire in what, and so much air in what we've created in this world. That's why we have war. It's where we're burning down things and, and raping the earth and whatever we're doing. You see, the mentality is not balanced. Our, our, our emotions are not balanced. Things are not balanced within us. So we have to learn how to balance it, how to work with it. And as we do that, 
And as we balance out these energies within our body and as they move up, right, and we start to really balance out, we start to co-create. That's true manifestation right there. That's manifestation. That's abundance consciousness. That's us being in harmony with our own self and the own our own elements within. Now we use these elements to try to co-create in the external, but for what intention? So we can apply all of these elements to our life and they do. Chemistry does it. Chemistry took alchemy and said, let's try to make it happen externally. But internally, they weren't right. You have to be internally right in order to apply the elixir to the external. Otherwise, you end up with a world that we see today, which is really weird. <laughs> Tell me it's not weird. Okay, what's going on? Anybody who can say what's going on is normal right now, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's not my normal. Okay, psychologically, calcination represents a burning off of the dross of the personality to reveal one's soul. This essence is a person's first matter from which he or she develops in their lifetime. But to perfect the soul, we must expose it. And it can only be accomplished through the often painful process of calcination in which the ego and its attachments to the material, material world are eliminated. And this is what I was talking about. Again, it's an internal process of letting go. And, and, and because we could, we could be a pyro, like you guys said, we go burn everything up. <laughs> and then we realize, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. We're going to destroy everything. So we, we look internally to how to utilize the fire energy within us. Okay, so the fire energy being the first, the calcination and the most uncomfortable process. It is not comfortable to use fire energy within us. It is not a comfortable process. People want to walk the path of spiritual enlightenment, spiritual alchemy. And, you know, it's not some woo-woo, comfortable, floating on a cloud thing. It doesn't start that way eventually you get there but to go through the process is pure hell it's almost like you have to go through hell to get there and that hell helps us burn up all the stuff so if you want to think of hell as hot which i i like the heat but if then you're burning up really you're going through the pits of hell to burn up to cal to calcination to burn up all of that stuff that's uncomfortable so that you can learn how to work with the fire energy so you can rise from the ashes burn yourself down rise from the ashes i mean this story is repeated throughout history in some of the most um major religions okay the story of the um from the ashes we rise i mean even in the bible it says from ashes we came and ashes we shall return So we see it in major religions, and this is what they were talking about. Okay, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But then out of the ashes arises a new thing, which is the phoenix. So we rise new. So fire, calcination, is the death and the rebirth. It's the the old and the renewal of the of something different. So we renew ourselves through fire energy. Pretty powerful stuff. And it's painful, not so fun. 
Most often, this occurs naturally in our lives as we are stripped down to our essence through the uh, hamlet called the sling and arrows of outages of outrageous fortune. We will learn how to use calcination to deliberately free ourselves from self-deception in chapter 11. So in chapter 11 of the book, it'll say that, okay? Calcination burning off the dross. However, it might be worthwhile to go first uh, get a feeling for this operation by taking a look at your person or at a person who is still undergoing the process. Of all the people I have worked with over the years, I can think of no better example of calcination than a struggling Canadian actor who went um, on to become a modern icon. Okay, now they understand. See, now here you go. I want you to hear what's happening because people. Um, you know, we had conspiracy theorists show up and I love it show up because it's going to lead you to spiritual alchemy because they go through this process in order to magnify their life. All the stars, all the people, people follow stars they are called stars for a reason. Stars are hot. They're burning fire energy. Why do we call people who are elevated stars? Oh, look at the stars. They're the stars. What does that even mean? Stars. It's not just a word that sounds pretty. There's a reason they're called that. There's language has has connected them to the stars. Like they know how to use their fire energy. Now, for good or bad, well, some people are doing it for manipulation, obviously. And the people at the top have gone through these processes. So people don't just get elevated to these levels of popularity by not going through these processes. They go through initiation. They have to. They're made to. And not, nobody will rise to, quote unquote, the top of the hierarchy without having gone through all of this. It's not, they just don't. They know this information. And people get initiated into it. And you have somebody who's writing a book who's telling what has happened and how it has been applied. And he was an actor. So I want you guys to understand that we have the power to do this. They've taken it away from us. And unless you're initiated into their orders, right? <laughs> Masonic order, whatever it was, Knights Templar, all of these things, that's what they were doing. That's the secrets they were hiding is these processes and how to utilize them. So they take you in and then they see how far you're willing to go. And if you're willing to follow their alchemy, their agenda, which is why I would never go through their alchemy because I don't trust it, right? I don't, I trust my own, just like you should trust your own. You shouldn't trust mine. You should trust your own. That's what this is teaching you how to create your own alchemy. Okay. So the captain of the Starship Enterprise contacted me in 1976 and asked me if I would assist him in making a documentary filmed about ancient astronauts and USOs called Mysteries of the Gods. Star Trek star William Shatner interviewed me on camera about various aspects of ufology and we traveled together through Virginia, New York, tracking down UFO witnesses and talking to scientists involved in the search for extraterrestrial life. But the film was more than just another job for Shatner. He was intensely interested in the UFO phenomena and eager to find people who believed that they were in contact with aliens. The reason? He believed that he himself had been contacted by a cosmic intelligence. 
To understand what happened to Shatner, we have to take a closer look at the personality of this multifaceted man. So he was born in uh, 1931, Montreal, um, and he was the only son of the upper middle class Jewish household. At an early age, he discovered the power of acting to get a hold um, to get hold of people's emotions. And by tender age of eight, he made his first professional act, acting debut. He continued to act through high school, college. After graduation, he joined the prestigious Stamford Shakespearean Festival in Ontario. And a few years later, he started appearing in live television plays in the United States. Um, and then he went on to star in several Broadway shows um, and movies and hundreds of television programs. I think he's even doing an alien program now, working with the guys in Ancient Aliens, I think. I'm pretty sure he's on there, um, which is kind of funny. I didn't even realize that till I'm reading this now. He always uh, seemed to know exactly what he wanted as a child. And he was called Tuffy because of his reputation um, for defending his pride and goals against anyone uh, who had gotten the way. Okay, so as an actor, he was known for bickering with directors and treating other actors with uh, contempt. He gained a reputation for having one of the biggest egos in Hollywood. Okay, fire, energy, bulldozer, ego. Uh, recent spacewalk too. Okay, so he's on a, yeah, he's in a couple of things. Yeah, there you go. Because of his uh, egomania, he frequently demanded that the scenes be redone to feature him more prominently and his shouting matches with other actors and directors caused several to quit working with him altogether. So his ego embarked on a collision course with his destiny um, just as he was getting closer to his stern father after years of estrangement, um, he had a heart attack, died while on vacation in Miami. In the plane, taking his father's body back to Montreal, his grieving son uh, stared out the window and confronted his own morality. Uh, I was looking out the win window, Shatner recalled, but what I was really doing was looking into myself. What I saw was this empty pit. I was t it terrified me. Uh, I suddenly saw how the insane, how insane go insane. So, um, fleeting moment, uh, they take off the rose-colored glasses. Maybe we'd all go insane if we took off the rose-colored glasses. The rose-colored glasses were Shatner's ego, and it was slowly being clipped away. So within a few months, the NBC television network let him let it be known that they were going to cancel the Star Trek series, which had become the focal point of Shatner's energies and hopes. Um, at the same time, his marriage was unraveling. So he went through a divorce, um, and his alimony payments were based on Star Trek salary, um, and they were enormous. Um, he was allowed to see his daughters. Imperial Captain Kirk ended up living in um, a pauper in the new bedroom house that he completely furnished for less than $300. So $300, yeah, now it's not ever going to be $300. Um, and so eventually would be forced to live in a, in a pickup camper. Okay. I was insane. Like the way an animal is insane because I had lost my family, everything. I was scrambling, crying um, to get everything back. So in the middle of this, he had a, a, a paranormal experience. Okay, stick with me, guys. Sorry about that. Um, and he would spend the next two, 10 years trying to comprehend it. 
um, in effort to escape from the uh, multitude of worries, uh, he started along the motorcycle trips um, to the desert with friends. One morning, he spotted his com um, from his companions when his motorcycle hit something and it was thrown off the ground. Um, his four friends thought he was still with them and assumed a dark fig uh, figure on the motorcycle some distance behind. The mysterious figure stayed with them for over two hours before disappearing. So he laid on the ground, experienced something strange. Um, it was like a nightmare, which you feel something crawling all over your body. Then he lost consciousness. Um, and the next thing he remembered, he was feeling a, a tingling blast of light and finding himself laying next to a motorcycle again. So he was unable to start his bike um, and tore the dark figure, waving him on from a ridge over the horizon. He followed the stranger for some time, then he suddenly lost sight. At that moment, he noticed the glistening uh, turbine-shaped UFO in the sky. Just below it, he saw a towering sign from the gas station, only refuge for 50 miles around. So he had an encounter. Okay, He went through a complete... Um, he went through this complete transformation and he lost everything in life because he burnt it all up using his fire energy. Now, fire energy can be powerful. It can be directive. It can be forceful and it can get results. But if you have no emotion, if you don't know how to balance out the emotional piece of yourself, you will lose everything. People that carry fire energy and anger and no emotion tend to bulldozer over people. I mean, it, it leads to war. Now, there's a lot of focus and intention in it, but we need to understand how to work with all of the elements with their body if we want to be successful. So he went through an initiation on his own. Now, what he saw in terms of, you know, having some spiritual awakening or spiritual touch to something or some kind of an epiphany or just seeing something or a UFO or whatever he wants to call it, whatever happened to him. And I'm not saying he hasn't. I believe in UFOs and all that kind of stuff. But if he had an encounter that shifted his energy into something else. He was already aware that his fire energy had destructed and destroyed everything. Fire is a very, very powerful force. But you will, there are consequences if you don't know how to balance it. Yeah, you can get results. Absolutely. And people do. We see people all the time with too much fire energy dictating, telling people what to do getting results, not having emotion, not caring, right? We see this is the typical business man, right? We see it in Ebenezer Scrooge. We see it in all these different um, characters, like these individuals who are overworked and that's all they do is focus on their work and have no emotion. They lose their family. They lose everything. And really what's happening internally is there's too much fire energy in them too much fire and perhaps air and they're burning up the emotion which is we we need the emotion that's why emotions are important 
because we have to balance it out in order to co-create, in order to stay balanced in the human body. Our body is 98% water. I mean, we can't deny the emotional piece of us. We've got to cry. We've got to cleanse the soul. My dad used to always say, you can't cleanse your heart unless you cry. That's how you cleanse the heart. You don't want to burn it up. People end up with heart attacks. They're burning up too much energy. Their heart can't keep up with it. You've got to tap into the emotions. You've got to allow yourself to balance out the energies within you. I need to control the elements. I'm starting to appreciate how fire works. I think I'm air. I'm a Gemini. Cancer. Okay. I need, uh, let's see. I'm starting to appreciate how, oh, sorry. I just read that again. Um, I remember, oops, I don't know why this is not doing so well okay um i'm interested in learning how to balance them together um arthada spencer i did you read it all the way through with sunshine not an accident okay let's see christina shoot me an accurate reading oops i don't know what that reading was about sorry Oh, here we go. I remember being little, always told tears are meant only for private. It doesn't fly. Yeah, no, they're not meant for private. We should cry and be vulnerable and allow our our feelings to come up and through so that we can cleanse and purify too. Water does purify as well. Now, water can corrode. Different doesn't burn ashes and purify it'll corrode something but it can also purify as well so we have two elements that are purification for two different reasons now the emotions being the purification of our hearts okay so we we learn to purify our hearts through this all right so there you have it. Um, and so we can go on through his story. Um, you know, he talks about the UFOs um, and Heaven's Gate and all this stuff um, and the calcination. Um, so and then we go into its mother is the moon. So we're in the we're in the father is his son. So we remember that, and, and it's going to be interesting going into the moon part of it, because the story with the moon energy and the sacred feminine energy, that's the energy that's been denied for, it's been a long time. We, we are completely in a patriarch and we've totally dismissed the, the, the moon and the moon belongs to women, right? We know that. And we were made wrong for doing ritual in the moon and all these things. Um, it called witches, all this stuff. And really what we were doing is honoring the matriarch. We were honoring the mother and, and working with mother energy, which is what has been missing from our society. We no longer have the matriarch um, and it's starting to rise. We see a rise in the matriarch um, and it's, it's rising in equity work. I do equity work. Equity work is really a feminine construct in, in my mind. It is a way to collaborate and to coordinate and to interconnect with everyone. It's, it's a very interconnected, but it's hard to put it in the space of the patriarch who's held that space for so long. 
and people not recognizing it and not knowing how to move through it. Good morning. So the the next piece after we get through the sun and going through the moon is going to be a, probably something I think we should focus on even more. Why? Because it's what's needed. This planet can heal very easily if people tapped into the sacred feminine. If they only tapped in and started to to work with it. Now, I don't mean women and men. I'm talking about the sacred feminine within us. Everybody has it. And if we could heal that, especially in men, because right now it's very broken, the way society has programmed men to be, has been very, very broken. And that's why we have a broken society. If our men weren't broken and they, they had a very powerful connection to the sacred feminine inside them, right, then we wouldn't have war, you see, because water would come and purify it. So we need to learn how to work with the both. If we continue on this path, um, um, on this path of of full fire masculine energy, it's air. It's totally masculine because they've taken out the earth and they've taken out the the water. And what we have, especially in corporations, is air and fire. That's destruction. You heard what the guy said about Leo, his Leo. He said it was a it was just a disaster. Air and fire together is a cause for, well, the end of humanity. Not the end of the earth. We're not burning up the earth. We're burning ourselves up. You got to understand that. Yeah, we're taking from the earth. The earth will rejuvenate itself. We ourselves are burning ourselves away. Pretty, pretty sad stuff. But we have an opportunity, right? Okay, so there you have it. We'll continue on with the fire energy big thing, and then we will move on to the to the moon. So I love you. Have an, an amazing day. Um, of course, I'm not on on Fridays, but I will see you guys on Monday. So I love you. Bye-bye.